what I want to talk about today. Believers, people who love God and people who God loves, uh, get depressed. We're living in a strange season, as you know. Um, And unfortunately, it looks like it's not going to end anytime soon. Life is just different. There are people that you know, I know, I love, you love, who are currently in hospitals that we can't go see them. There are people we know and people who we love are literally dying alone. And it's a rough season. It's a rough season because you cannot celebrate the lives of your loved ones who fall asleep in Jesus like you should because of all of the social distancing and the rules. It's different. And for some of you, it's different because this is this will be your first time without your mother for Mother's Day. It's different. And for some of you, no matter how long your mom has been gone, it's still a painful weekend. And I think that we need to be sensitive as much as we celebrate our mothers. For those of us who still have our mothers, we need to be sensitive to those who are going through a strange season right now with their mother not being present. Be sensitive to people because one day that might be you and you'll need that same sensitivity. It's different. People are being furloughed. Money's not the same. Can't hug and fellowship and shake hands the way you used to. You can't go to church. And this is taboo among black folk, especially black church folk. We don't like to talk about depression. And you, you think a good shout, a good dance, a good hoop, a good holler can solve all the world's problems. And there are sometimes we, we dabble in that church colloquialism, that church talk. I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed, but that ain't, that really ain't your story. You, you are blessed, but you're also stressed because you can be blessed and not be saved. Because the pedophile who woke up this morning is blessed because he woke up. The drug dealer who is selling dope to your children, if he can feed himself and dress himself and think in his right mind, he's blessed. Your relationship with God has to be more than I'm blessed. Depression is real. And most of you right now, and you probably won't even admit this, you're silent, you're, you're, you're suffering Silently because you don't really want to talk about it because you're scared the church folk are going to judge you and prejudge you and talk about you. And because you're the pastor, you're, you're the assistant pastor, you're the co-pastor, you're the deacon, you're the teacher, you're the worship leader. You, you serve and you worship and, and they've told you if you have faith, you're not supposed to struggle and you're not supposed to deal with this. And sometimes we as preachers have to realize this is beyond our pay grade. 
there's some stuff even the pastor can't deal with. You need medical help. You need a therapist. You need medication. And I don't want to. I don't want to be on medicine. But it's amazing. You don't want to be on medicine. But when your sinuses act up, you take medicine. When your asthma acts up, you take medicine. And sometimes, like your heart muscles weaken and you have blockage in your arteries or your kidneys go bad or your liver goes bad or you have stomach issues or arthritis. Like those parts of your body can go bad. So can your brain. So can your mind. Chemical imbalance. Demons from yesterday. Issues beyond your control. And we really think sometimes you can shout and dance in every 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 worship service. And yes, some things mentally are spiritual, and yet some things are medical and spiritual. One of the greatest preachers alive, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Mr. Spurgeon. London, England. Folk would walk, take horses to hear Mr. Spurgeon speak, thousands upon thousands. Spurgeon always had on a black suit, top hat, white shirt, black tie. But as great as he was, he was often depressed. Elijah. After a great battle, he got depressed. And I know you don't want to admit it tonight because you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And you think a good dance, a good shout, a good prayer call, a good daily bread lesson can alleviate everything. But that ain't always the story. Depression is real, folks. And tonight I want to show you that um, it's real, but it's not beyond the scope of God. And to every pastor, every counselor on this church counselor, it's okay to tell people you don't know. It's okay to tell people, I don't, I don't know why you're sick. I don't know why it happened to you. I can't, I can't, I don't know why COVID is happening. I don't know why. And it's okay to tell people, listen, this is beyond my pay grade. I'm not trained for this. You need to see a therapist. And guess what, folks? It's okay to see a therapist. It's okay to talk and sit down and talk to someone. Stop letting people make you feel ashamed because you're having issues. We all, we all, we all grapple and work our way through darkness every now and then. And so I just want to share a word tonight with you that will help you prayerfully along your journey. Open your Bibles to Job chapter three. Job chapter three. Job chapter 3. 
And first of all, I'll read verse number three. And this is what Job is saying. May the day of my birth perish in the night that said a boy is conceived. Stay in Job chapter three. And look at verse number 11. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? And now look at Job chapter 3, verse number 26. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Amen. Tonight I want to share with you that depression is real. But based upon Job chapter 3, verses 3, 11, and 26, know this. People who are in good relationship with God get depressed. People who are in good relationship with God get depressed. Now, I want to show some, I, I want to tell you something. In Job chapter 1, verse number 1, it is God who testifies on the behalf of Job. God loved Job, and Job loved God. And God says about Job, he was blameless, he was upright, he feared God, and he shunned evil. God loved him, and he loved God. But guess what? Like you, life happened to Job. For him on a much grander scale, but life happened for Job. He was rich, poised, dignified, financially secure. He was the man in us. But based upon a conversation between God and Lucifer, all hell broke loose in Job's life. And Job went from being a part of the rich and the famous to almost being a pauper. Because everything that made him rich in the earth, he lost it. He loved his children. He prayed for them in case they had sinned against God. And they all died at the same time. Can you imagine that? Losing all of your children at, the, at, at, at one time? Not, not one child, not two, but all. All of your children. When all hell broke loose, he, he shaves his head, he rends his mantle, he falls down and he worships God. But guess what? In chapter two, based upon a conversation with 
Lucifer, God says you can touch his body, but his soul belongs to me. And now Job is afflicted. He's grieving the death of his children. And, and, and here it is. We all know that you never get over the death of a loved one. You just get through it. You, you learn to maintain and survive good days and bad days and up and down. And while Job is a grieving father, a grieving husband, finances are in an uproar, or no more rather, he gets sick. He hasn't even dealt with the death of his children, and then he gets sick. And so in chapter 3, you see a depressed man. Yes, he worshiped God in chapter 1. The Lord gave, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be his name. You, you see him worshiping on his faith before on his face before God, but yet in chapter three, you see a depressed man. It's right there. It's right there, church. He's depressed. He says, May the day of my birth perish. And the night that said a boy is conceived. Job says, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? That's what Job said. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Have you been there? Are you there right now? Who do you know who's there right now? That you should tag in this video and say, my pastor is talking to you tonight. And how many of us are suffering silently because COVID, cancer, death, calamity, unemployment has changed our total existence? And you're trying to feel bad because you feel bad. Because you say believers shouldn't get depressed. I love God. God loves me. I shout, I dance, I preach, I speak in tongues. I'm the worship leader. I teach Sunday school. I teach vacation Bible school. Let me tell you something. Depression don't care who you are and what you teach and how good you preach and where you live and what you drive or your resume or your pedigree. This stuff is real, folks. And you might want to admit that you have a problem. And you might want to admit that you need to seek help in church or even beyond the church and not be ashamed of it. Because the same folk you are worrying about who going to judge you, they depressed too. The same folk you're trying to hide from and act as if you're okay because you don't want her to know or him to know. Because let me tell you something, folks. People know how to put on the outside face in conversation. We know how to dress it up and talk it up and get the car clean and get the hair done, the, 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 uh, the haircut. And we know how to put on our church talk, our, 
our happy hour talk, our church talk, our our, our office talk. You know how to be professional at, at home, I mean, at work, and then get in our car, get home, and just want to die. Just want to give up. Don't want to get dressed. Don't want to don't want to eat. Don't want to function. Don't want to move. And the folk you are trying to hide from are having or have had or will have the same issues as you have. And it might be time you become honest with yourself and say, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I want to give up on life. I want to give up. I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being the strong one. I don't have anything left in me anymore. I can't give anything to anyone else. I'm tired. Believers get depressed, folks. Believers get depressed. And in Job chapter 3 and verses, actually read the entire chapter. I, I, I pulled out those verses, but the entire chapter, Job is lamenting. He, he's, he's going through some stuff. He's hurting. And can you be honest tonight and say, I'm hurting? Can you be honest to say tonight, I need help? And some of you are living with people and you are interacting with people and you are missing the signs. And some people are calling out to you and saying certain things, but you're, you're, you're so lofty and high and holy in your thinking. You are missing their thoughts of suicide. You are missing their thoughts of uh, self-hurt, self-inflicted pain. You are missing their addictions because... They're drinking more. They're smoking more. That that they become more recluse, and you're so saved that you can't even see it because you think a, a good prayer, a good shout, a good dance, and listening to Bishop Jakes and Joel and Jordan and 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 Bynum and Cosby, you think that's gonna make it go away. It ain't going away. It ain't going away. It's a battle in the hearts, a battle in the minds, and they need help. You need help. And here's the big piece. You don't have to be ashamed because you're depressed. Pastors were killing themselves at a high rate at one time. You know why? Because very few people in the pews actually give a damn how we're doing. We give, we pray, we, we bury, we marry, we counsel. But very few people actually care how Reverend is doing. And we got the weight of the entire world on our shoulder. We have our members, we have our members' children, their grandchildren, their sickness, and guess what? People don't realize we got our own trouble, our own kids, our own money issues, our own family, our own issues. 
When he get paid, he's supposed to talk to us. Who do we talk to? So I'm helping you tonight. Encourage your pastor. Call your pastor. Text your pastor. Because your pastor might be close to the edge because guess what? Like you are going through something. Your pastor is now trying to navigate and pastoring a church of people he can't even see. Some of you care, some of you don't care. And some of you are clueless and selfish to say, I don't even think about what my pastor may be going through. Or your mentor, the person who pours into you, do you really care? Because let me tell you something, folks, you'd be amazed at people who are depressed and you don't even know they're depressed. Because know why? They've been putting on and faking for so long they know how to act at church, at the association, at the revival, at the family reunion. And guess what? Those people are dying inside. And you so holy that you get offended by a cuss word or somebody drinking or somebody, you know, smoking weed, trying to it, camouflage their hurt, their pain. You just offend. Because your religion and your walk with God, it, it just offends you to hear a curse word. It offends you to hear or see somebody drinking Hennessy or vodka, or you just can't take it because because they smoking weed and they should know better. You don't know what them folk are going through. Stop being so Pharisaic and judgmental and learn how to come down off your holy high horse and meet people where they are. Meet people in their pain. Stop trying to judge folk when you don't know what they're going through. Been molested, been raped, been, 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 been put in foster care. Mama died, saw their father killed, saw his mama on crack, saw his daddy get shot in the hood. Mama in jail, daddy in prison, ain't been hugged, ain't been loved, don't know how to love, but you can't love them with your church going self because guess what? It offends your religion because you so Baptist, you can't even come down and say, let me love them where they are. That's why most of y'all couldn't even hang with Jesus because you too easily offended. Come down and meet people where you are. Take off your black suit and your white dress for Lord's Supper Sunday. Take off your title and meet people in their abyss of darkness. Because some people are in an abyss of darkness. And guess what? They can't find no help at church. The place that's supposed to find bread, they can't find bread. The place that's supposed to find help and water of life, they can't find because you're so pretentious in your church rules and regulations. You gotta wear a black suit for Lord's Supper. You gotta wear a white dress. You can't walk across the floor. You can't do this. You gotta put your finger up. Ain't nobody thinking about all that. I'm dying. I'm depressed. I'm about to kill myself. I ain't got time for your church rules. Come help me. Yeah. Well, People who love God and, 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 and people who God love, they get depressed. It's got to come down, man. 
Some of y'all so holy and so easily offended. Everything, man. And you're going to lose people to suicide, to addiction, because your religious sensitivity is so easily offended. Well, secondly, let me tell you this. Be careful who you talk and listen to while you're depressed. Be careful who you talk to. And be careful who you listen to while you're depressed. Job had three friends who showed up. Mm. Hmm. And guess what? For the first seven days, they were cool. For the first seven days, they were silent. They prayed with him. They mourned with him. But let me tell you something. The more I pastor, the more I hang out and preach funerals and the more I talk to people, you'd be amazed at the people who don't know what to say during times of grief, depression. And folk can say some of the stupidest stuff you'll ever hear. I'm man, go to a funeral. You you you'll hear some of the dumbest stuff and you'll say, man, I I really wish if if let me tell you, let me tell y'all right now. If something happens to my mama, don't, don't, let me tell you something. If you, if my mama died today and you see me or call me and you tell me don't cry and be strong, you gonna get cussed out, partner. I promise you I'm gonna hurt your feelings. Don't you dare tell me not to cry. And my mama is somewhere in the back of a funeral home about to get put in the ground. Don't you dare. You're going to get all your feelings hurt. I promise you, you will never talk to me again. I'm going to hurt your feelings until you're going to say, I, is he saying he a preacher? And I, you might say, hey, well, I can't watch him no more because he said he's going to cuss folk out. Well, fine. Bye. You ain't got to, you ain't got to watch. I'm just real enough, probably too real for some of you to say what you want to say. And that's the dumb stuff people say at funerals or in the midst of grief. You mean tell me that's that child, her husband, her father, her grandmother, her best friend, and you, you're going to fix your mouth to say, be strong, don't cry. I know how you feel. And, 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 and here is the big one. Here is the big one. When you talk at the funeral and somebody else's mama died, uh, you, you, somebody's mama died, and you get up and you're going to talk about, I know how you feel. I said where you sit last month. No, you don't know how I feel because this ain't your mama. This is my mama. You know how you felt when yours died. You don't, you have no clue of how I feel. As a matter of fact, you can have a mother who had 10 children and guess what? They all 10 will feel differently because all 10 had a different relationship with their mother. Quit telling people you know how they feel. 
Child, you know, I man, I just be strong and, you know, God ain't going to put no more on you than you can bear. Just silly. Just don't know what to say. You don't know what to say. And so when you're depressed, when you're depressed, when you're depressed, be careful who you talk to and be careful who you listen to. Because some people will say the wrong thing and make you more depressed. Some people will make you feel worse than what you already feel. For the first seven days, Job's friends did well. But let me show you how insensitive they were. Job's friends were so insensitive. Put it up, Miss. Put the first one up. Eliphaz says, his children are far from safety, crushed in court without a defender. Put the next one up. Job 8 and 4. When your children, this is good that now, when your children sinned against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. The next one, please. His children must make amends. This is all for talking now to the poor. His own hands must give back his wealth. Let me tell you something, church. Thank you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This man, they, they, they are in his room. They see the boils, the sores. They see he's in pain and they know he's grieving. And guess what they did? They must have been Negroes, man. They attacked the sick man's dead children. I'll say it again because I know you're shocked. They're there to console him and to help him through the process of his grief and his illness. His children, their graves are still freshly dug. His children ain't been in the ground probably more than two weeks, if two weeks. If, a, if, if two weeks. And then the people who are supposed to be there to encourage him and to pray for him and to uplift him and to hold him up, make the man feel worse because they're telling him, your children are dead because either you messed up or they messed up. Judging. And don't even don't. Judging. Oh no, absolutely right, Steph. They are just assuming what they want to. And how many folk in your life always assuming? Don't know your story. Don't know what you're going through. Don't know if what they heard is true or false. They just assume. The black church have ruined more people on assumptions. The black church has ruined people's names from the poor pit to the usher board on assumptions, what they heard, what somebody else said from him to her to them, or what they think they know. You don't even know where your own husband is right now. You don't even know where your own wife is right now, probably. Your boyfriend. How you know what other folk going through? 
And you're there to be a consoler and a counselor and a helper. So here it is. If you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. Because sometimes folk don't need your verbiage. They need your presence. It's what late Dr. A. Lewis Patterson called the ministry of presence. Just go. Go wash the dishes. Go vacuum the floor. Go clean the bathroom. Go, go to Popeye's, get some chicken, drop it off. Send them some Tiff's treats. Them cookies are the devil. My God, they so, whew, let me come back. They were warm, chocolate chip. My God. Just be quiet. You know, be quiet. Be quiet. Because sometimes your judge, your judge, your judgmental state pushes people further into a brink of depression. Because let me tell you something. You don't know how long those people try to stand before they fail. You don't know, you don't, you don't know. They're trying to quit the drugs. They're trying to get off the alcohol. They're trying to do better. They're trying to live better and to stop gambling and drinking and come home. Stop judging them, man. And you wonder why folk don't come here. Because folk, yeah, Eric, get, yeah, yeah, you at Popeye's now, get you that channel with that. You don't know how long folk tried to do right before they messed up. And so why would you make people feel bad about, worse about themselves than they already do? Why, why, why you gonna, why you gonna hurt folk and make people feel worse than they already do? But yet you, you, you cover yourself under the presence of um, being spiritual, or I, I'm, I'm just no. You don't know. You don't know what he did. You don't know what she said. You, you don't know what went down. Be quiet. Which means you who are depressed. You might want to pray and ask God to show you who to talk to. Don't just talk to them because you grew up together or because that's your friend, your homegirl, your homeboy, or, or your bae, or your boo, or your mama. It could be your mama, your daddy. Some folk you don't need to talk to because some folk are too dumb, ignorant. Some folk are bad in their theology. And will have you more will have you more twisted and messed up than you already are. Ask God who to talk to. Ask God to show you and to settle in your heart. Who am I to talk to in this part of my life? Because you can't trust your sanity with just anybody. You gotta have the right folk, man. In your in your life. Because guess what? The folk you talking to in your confusion might be confused. The folk you talking to in your depression might be depressed. And sometimes people tell you what to do and they're out of their own frustration because you know why? Because they can't do it. They'll tell you, leave him and they ain't, and she ain't going to leave him. He'll tell you, leave her, but he ain't going to leave her. They'll tell you, quit the job, man. But guess what? He ain't, he ain't quitting this job. 
And and Jack William says sometimes uh, it's like taking advice from a bald-headed man who sells hair growth. It ain't working for him. But he's gonna tell it to you. Because it's gonna work for you. You you're gonna take hair growth from somebody who ain't got no hair. No, it don't work that way, man. Ask God who to lead you to talk to during this season. Because you can listen and talk to the wrong person and you will spiral downward even more into an abyss of darkness. Because you're talking to people who ain't qualified to give you help. Number one, they, they, they have no wisdom. They don't pray. They don't read. They aren't degreed in that area. Why would you talk? Why would you ask a single person about your marriage? And I don't mean no harm when I say this, and please don't be offended, but you know I don't really care. If you've been married five times, you can't give me no marriage advice. Sorry about that, boss. You can't. Don't even come. Don't know. Uh-uh. You can't. You can't talk to me about nothing. I don't care if he left you or you left him or you left him or they left you. That ain't your area. Go down the East Eggs. That ain't your area. And sometimes you're guilty of talking and trying to help people in areas you aren't qualified to talk to them in because you're too ashamed to say, I don't know. I can't help you. I don't know why. Or before I answer that, let me seek God's wisdom and advice. Then I'll get back with you. They attacked a, a sick man, their children. They made that man feel worse than what he already was feeling. He is already grieving. He's already hurting physically and mentally. And guess what? His wife is as well. And in her, in her anger and frustration and grief, she told him to turn his back on God. But don't, don't judge her, because guess what? Those were her kids too. That was her lifestyle too. And now she's gone from a grieving mother to a caretaker of a sick husband. And we love to judge Miss Job without thinking about her pain. And there are folk in your life, and there are folk around you who will judge you without knowing your pain. And there are folk that you have judged and prejudged and talked about and ridiculed without knowing their pain. Why is he hooked on drugs? Oh, but you didn't know he was molested by two or three uncles. Why is she gay? Oh, you missed the fact that her uncle and her stepdaddy touched her. So now she got issues with men. Oh, you feel a gay lesbian. But, but you missed how the school teacher, the band 
the band director, the, the coach molested them. But you with your saved self, you prejudge them because you know it all because you read the Bible and you go to Lyons Unity and you go to St. Mark and Brentwood and Willis so you know everything about everybody. You don't know nothing. And you have deemed yourself judge and jury of people's story that you know absolutely nothing about. And that's why they don't come to church no more. Because this is the place you're supposed to find help, not judgment, not scorn, not ridicule. Be careful who you talk to. And if you're guilty of prejudging people, ask God to forgive you. She's been mad three or four times. Maybe because the first one beat her. Cussed her. Didn't take care of her. And maybe she's trying to find love in the wrong men in the wrong places. Well, all he do is go from woman to woman to woman to woman. Maybe it's because his mama hurt him or he was molested or beat and he's trying to find love and comfort and importance in the wrong places. But you don't know that. But guess what? You didn't even ask because you don't care. You know why? Because gossip is fun. Hurting people is fun. Talking about folk is fun until the rabbit got the gun. And now you're the topic of the conversation. I'm done, but I know y'all can't take too much more of this. I know you can't take it. I see you. you can't take too much more. Depression is real, folks. When you're depressed, be careful who you talk to, but I'm done. But in chapter 42, godly restoration is possible. Godly restoration is possible. Job 42.10, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. Now, here it is. We love to shout about that. But let's look at the backdrop of that. The reason why Job prayed for his friends is because God told his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, you all have spoken lies about me. You all have spoken untruths about me. And if you pray to me right now, I ain't going to hear you. But Job, I'll hear. You know why? Because in spite of everything he went through, death, grief, loss, depression, at one time did his heart change concerning me. And yes, he tried to question me. Yes, he was depressed. Yes, he was broken. Yes, he was grieving. But guess what? He never spoke untruth about who I really was at the core of my existence. And so the only way I'm going to come deal with y'all is he going to have to pray for y'all. And when he prays for you all, I'll come 
and bless you all. And when Job, who could have been angry and bitter at what they said to him about his dead children, <coughs> excuse me, I ain't got the COVID. I'm just, I'm just draining. <laughs> he prayed for them. And when he prayed for them, God blessed him. Now, here it is. Let me be a responsible prophet. Just because God doubled everything Job had don't mean he going to double everything you have. This is Job's story. This ain't your story. He might not double everything that you lost. Because some stuff, I, I, you know, bad theology. This, this bad theology. I'm going to the devil's camp and take back everything the devil stole from me. Child, let me tell you something. If the devil got it, he can keep it. I don't want it. I don't want, it. I don't want, I don't want no more. I don't want no more. Mm -mm. If he got it, he can keep it. Because God can always give you something new. You ain't got to get no nothing used from God. God, God, God does not recycle blessings. His mercies are new every morning. Job was restored because God was gracious and merciful to him because Job held on to the essence of who God is. And God says in all Job went through, not one time did he charge me foolishly. And so right now, for some of you, you don't need double for your trouble in the area of tangible things. What you do need is more grace, more mercy, more peace, more joy, more favor, more comfort, more solace. That's what you need. So stop talking about God going to give me double for my trouble, but you don't know what he's going to give you. Because he ain't never promised you. In Job 42, he ain't promised you nothing in the area of giving you double for your trouble. He ain't never, that, that's some stuff you heard on some, some, some Negro on TV yeah. at some conference and you just took it and ran with it. He gonna give me double for my trouble. You lying. It ain't the Bible. It ain't no way in there. Look, what it means is this. That God will never take you through a test for his namesake and not compensate you in some way. But it may not mean a new house, a new car, and you got to get beyond tangible blessings. Let me tell you something, folks. Houses and cars and cash ain't what you need all the time. You need angelic protection. You need God to take care of your children. You need God to open a door that no man can close. That's what you need. You need God to comfort you in the midst of COVID and losing loved ones and first time being without your mom or your daddy or your spouse or your children. That's what you need. Every blessing don't mean money or a new house or a new car. Yes, those things are fine in that rightful place. We need them, but guess what? 
Sometimes I don't need, even when I'm broke, sometimes I don't need more money. I need more God, more grace, more favor. And so right now I want to tell you, and I'm done with this, that if you're depressed, get help. Get help. Call your pastor, text your pastor. Call your loved one and say, I think, I think I'm sick. I think I need help. Because the first step to recovery, even in depression, is admitting you got a problem.